Hey there and welcome to Sessions by Another. This week, Chelsea and Melina get a bit meta and talk about the foundations of making design foundations and visual languages and everything that has to do with the beginning. Uh, Really, they dive into how our agency at Another approaches these types of questions, as well as their sources for inspiration and why Chelsea is the master of skimming things. Hope you enjoy. Let's do it. (laughs) Welcome to Sessions, a podcast by the team at Another. I am Chelsea Matthews, the founder and executive creative director here. You guys are super familiar with me, but this season is all about you getting familiar with everybody else behind the scenes here who um, are truly uh, the the powerhouses behind the work that is coming out of our studio. So today, I'm going to be jamming with my girl, Melina Sweet, <laughs> who is our senior designer and has been with us for how long now? Um, a year and a half? Almost two years, yeah. Oh my gosh. Fun fact, Melina was hired uh, when I first went on maternity leave and I never met her. Didn't interview her, (laughs) never met her until I came into the office and she was already working. And I think it was one of the first hires ever made here um, that I didn't have a part in. And man, that turned out great. So maybe I should just remove myself from interview process and (laughs) forward. (laughs) No, uh, I think you just, you have a great team to to be there to have your back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Awesome. So today, Melina and I are going to talk about design foundations, which is really obviously the root and the intention of your design decisions as a brand, as an agency, as a creative, can apply in a lot of different facets because we are you know, a creative studio that's really focused on working with brands across all different consumer categories. A lot of what we talk about will kind of feel applicable there, but we can definitely find ways that it can apply in a lot of different um, areas of work. So just kind of keep that in mind. But to kick this off, I want to know, Melina, if you were to have never become a designer, what would you be doing with your career? Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is always an answer of a graphic designer, um, but probably something within like architecture, interiors, um, like retail or set design. I feel like since such an early age, I was always so fascinated um, by spaces. Like, I feel like I'm one of those people that my memories always are tied to the space itself. Like, I can usually remember what a place looks like more than, like, the actual memories that happened there for some reason. Um, And I think it's just interiors and architecture create such an interesting, like, design challenge um, since you have to, like, create different different moments and they can transport you to like different rhythms of life um, as soon as you enter a space. And I just, I just really love that kind of challenge. Mm, I love that. I can obviously, Melina and I have a shared appreciation for uh, physical design and interiors. So um, she kind of took mine too, but I would say my kind of like uh, left of center 
career path that is something I've always been so curious about is criminal law. <laughs> and that has stemmed primarily from television shows that I've watched where I'm just like, I realize that that has absolutely nothing to do with the reality of how laborious being in the legal industry can be. For but sure. I think what I love about the idea of criminal law or really like any kind of um, more like high stakes kind of <laughs> lawyer type work is like you're constantly digging for a nugget. It's like you're you're just like you're reading, 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 researching, researching, like just trying to find that one thing that's going to unlock this whole case. And that to me is like what I love about it. Like I, I personally love that in my life. And I could say I could even apply it to the work that we do where you're like, Ooh, what's that nugget? What's the thing that's going to like click in my head and be like, aha, like yeah. this is, this is what we're going to do. And I think that that's like kind of a part of it. There's, um, there's, um, there's this game that I feel like will be a great team bonding experience where you have to like solve a crime. And I think ooh. it'll be a great way to dig into that. And it's not a murder mystery party because I, I love this. <laughs> uh, it'll be a great way to dig into that possible um, other dimension Chelsea career You'll path. Really see, yeah, you'll <laughs> see me with a microscope and a, 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 like, I don't know, some sort of a like crazy hat. <laughs> um, okay, I divulge. Um, let's let's dig in. Let's dig into our conversation around design foundation. So. Um, Melina, a lot of the work that she does here is really looking at brand systems and identities, packaging, um, and a lot of kind of the, the visual strategy that a brand um, exists within. And so there's obviously a lot of um, strategic insight that is needed to be developed in order to properly suggest any sort of design direction for brands. Um, and I think, you know, has brought a lot of um, intelligence in that regard to the team and the work here um, that we hadn't really uh, unpacked as much before having her join the team. And so this is a really fun conversation, I think, for the two of us to talk about. Yeah. Uh, really at the core, we could kind of like unpack this conversation as a brand kind of looking at who are they? Why should anybody care that you exist? How are they going to find you? What are they going to say about you? A lot of this, especially as we know today with like the rise of direct-to-consumer brands and the shift in how brands have been retail and all of these things is like we can connect to it from a consumer level, right? Like you can think about brands that made an impression on you. You can think about the things about those impressions that made you drive to purchase or that made you... Um, save it right as a reference mm -hmm. or something like i mean obviously that's very design minded in the sense of like the way that we consume and then therefore um kind of back pocket for for reference and resource but really it's about like from the consumer perspective what's going to make that thing really click yeah and really um, stand out like stand out off the shelf i feel like it's so important to ask these questions these are questions that um came along with me from like my my previous studio experience but I just feel like it's those questions are so important to ask to like feel aligned as a team or with whatever brand or agency you're working with um in order to like uncover those like like we call like those like important nuggets that are like so deeply rooted in the brand that can you can make connections to within your designs in the system 
Yeah. And I think your past experience is a good thing to, to touch on because you came from really kind of the consumer packaged goods space, food and beverage, which is highly competitive. I mean, a lot of brands are highly competitive in terms of, you know, the, the shelf presence that they sit on. But I know that we can all agree, like walking into a grocery store is, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. like, there is a lot. And there's a lot of consideration that you've had to take into the decisions that you make. And I think even the concept of shelf presence, even though let's just call it like easily 50% or more of the, you know, brands that we work with from like a branding perspective today are very much kind of the D2C direct to consumer model. So it's definitely different. Mm -hmm. I still think that that experience and that insight of thinking about like, even if it isn't sitting on a shelf physically, how does it sit next to its, its, potential competitors or even it's like minded brands and what is that for sure yeah for your decision for sure because even if it's not on a physical shelf it's on a website shelf theoretically on a on a uh product display page um it's like the instagram retail shelf of swiping your thumb <laughs> you're like <laughs> except it's a bunch of stuff but it's kind of not because your algorithm is like just feeding you a bunch of the same stuff over and over again so it's a it's a figurative that's the digital shelf yeah um well i'd love to kind of hear from you melina like what are some of your approaches or the way that you the questions you kind of ask yourself or even ask your partners brands um, when you're starting to think about their design foundation? Yeah, I feel like it's always, I think, rooted in whether that's the founding story, like really asking questions about why they started this brand, um, why they named it whatever the brand name is, because I feel like there's always something within those initial questions that you can always connect back to within a system. Um, mm. And I feel like, especially the founding story, there, it's it's such an innately um, important thing for a brand. And as a consumer, that's something I feel like people are actively searching for more of rather than it being um, so anonymous, um, really knowing who started it, why they did it. Um, the ethos of it is super important. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess if we're if we're really thinking about where to start um, when it comes to these brand foundations and just really looking at it with more of a strategic eye, um, I think it's really whether it is on a physical shelf or not on a physical shelf, like looking at the competitive landscape. Um, so really digging into those like wormholes of whatever websites that these brands could be on um, and taking a look at what makes the product unique and how it can really stand out. Um, and then I think something too, that we've started to do a little bit as an exercise um, in some of our like visual strategy projects that I have found really effective is we will um, look at the competitive landscape kind of backwards or not necessarily backwards, but like through the perspective of the audience that mm -hmm. we identify. Yeah. So actually saying, okay, if this is who our audience is, then these are the brands that we know that they love. Mm -hmm. And then this is the kind of visuals that they're being fed, whether that's packaging or, yeah. you know, a, a single, a single asset. And then from there, we're able to say, this is what we know that they're attracted to, whether it's a vitamin or a pet food brand. And you might be working on, you know, 
uh, apparel, like it can be, it can be disconnected, but at least you're saying like strategically from a visual design perspective, like these are the things that we know that they're attracted to. And so we should take cues from that outside of our industry in addition to inside of our industry. And I think that that's been something that's been really helpful uh, for us to just kind of like unpack a little bit. For sure. Cause it's, it's always going to be rooted in aesthetics, <laughs> especially when we're thinking about millennials and Gen Z, like their aesthetics and the way things look is for sure going to drive that purchase. And so looking mm -hmm. at what they naturally gravitate towards is super, super important. Um, but then after looking at that initial landscape, I, this is something that I learned um, from college, but like really making um, a pretty high level word list. Um, so whether that's just writing down generic things that revolve around what this brand is. So say it's a toothbrush. So just writing um, different words for like tooth or like um, <laughs> hygiene. Um, I feel like all of these synonyms that pop up um, really help being able to find inspiration or like graphic elements that tie to what this is, or even just writing down like feelings that this brand should evoke. Um, so definitely something that we always dig into through the strategy phase is like, what should this evoke or like what feelings should um, a consumer want to, to feel when they are using this product. Um, and I feel like those, those words innately have like a scent, uh, a visual tied to them that can really help start the creative process in your brain. Yeah. And this is something that you have really taught me, uh, in terms of the value of like those word maps and just that, that singular like term that allows you to like, feel like you're rooted in insight. And I think that, you know, that's something that like any individual creative or any like team should constantly be trying to sharpen is like how you land on your insights and the ways that you do that. And so I think that that exploration of like brand terminology and sentiment and feeling has been like really valuable for me in just feeling like my decisions are a little bit more intentional. And so I love that exercise that you've kind of like introduced. Yeah, because even those those words that come out of these lists, whether it is a list, a mind map, like uh, whatever it is, um, I feel like those are super easy to also like pull whenever we're drafting up like the copy for the presentation or like really trying to find those words um, to describe the meaning behind stuff. And I feel like every step behind the strategy process can just in the end really help how we present it as well. But the biggest thing for me and I like tell the other designers on our team is to find inspiration within different mediums or different categories, completely different than what we're designing for. Because I feel like that's where you really uncover those unique nuggets um, that'll really differentiate this brand from the others. Um, whether that's the word that I'm like searching is warmth and I'm starting to like say, look at interiors and like look at what makes an interior feel warm, whether that's um, like a throw blanket or light and really using that as a, a visual cue that can be tied into the design in the end. I feel like that's where you can really uncover the, the unique stuff. 
Yeah, I think all those things, I mean, I echo on all of that. I think some of the things that I also kind of bring in to the importance of landing on foundations is, you know, as a designer or, you know, art director or whatever, if you're in this space and you're, and you're working with brands or if you're working with service-based industries, whatever it is, the core thing you have to do is just consume a ton of it. Um, that can be like actual product. Like if you are doing a lot in the beauty category, let's call it like how fun, just get a bunch of beauty brands <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> consume it and try it. Just kidding. But I think it's about, it's a lot about just like being, uh, very curious and, and inquisitive into whatever market it is that you're looking at so that you can really try to find what might be their little golden nuggets or the things that you can glean from that, that you would then kind of use as part of your, um, insight for anything that you might be driving. Um, I think it's also about consuming a lot of information. Mm. So it's not just products specifically, but like I am, uh, I am proud to actually like have some email newsletters that I read really consistently and they span all different categories. Like it's not just like a newsletter of a bunch of like really dope new brands. It's also things that are connected to, um, uh, like marketing approach or even paid media stuff. Like I'm curious about things that I don't do because I want to understand how brands talk yeah. or how things just kind of work in the market and what consumers are connected to. So I have everything from like, you know, weekly trend reports that I get that are focused on, you know, Gen Z and like the things that they're interested in to like, you know, very design heavy um, kind of like visual newsletters where I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. I, I do try to be really intentional about finding time to read those things. I signed up for them for a reason. And I very quickly unsubscribe to the ones that I feel like are no longer giving me anything. <laughs> but that is something that like, um, funny enough, Melina and I were having a conversation yesterday around how I, I actually have a a problem with certain things in terms of actually consuming them to finish. I'm a, I'm a big skimmer um, or I don't feel like I can give like, a video, for example, like I watch it from start to finish. I get, I get like angsty, but for some reason, when it comes to like quick link kind of article types um, for email newsletters, that's something that really works. So just reading a lot about the industry and or not the industry that you're working in to just get a lot of like rooted insight. Um, the other thing that I think for me is that, you know, I'm, I'm a real, I'm a gut reaction kind of person um, for good or for bad. I've, I have a conversation and I can see something. I'm like, oh, I, I can see where this is going. But what that means is that I have to question that gut reaction um, a mm -hmm. lot, right? Like there has to be a reason why I feel that way. And it could just be, you know, my age. I've seen a lot of stuff at this point. I've worked with a lot of different brands. I have actually like a lot of stored information in my mind that I can compartmentalize and be like, oh, I know I've, I've experienced this before and I know what we need to do. But more importantly, even from like the founder side, if you're the person who's creating something and you're going to be engaging a design team uh, to really help you articulate your idea, it's so important to listen to what your gut tells you, but then question it as much as you can. Question things like, is this uniquely ownable for me or is it just a trend, right? Like I we recently have been working on a packaging project that has some really interesting uh, technology elements to it in the way that the, the product itself functions. And that became something that informed some of our visual decisions around pattern uh, and texture. And that became really cool. Like it looks really awesome aesthetically, as Melina said, it's still very, um, 
aligned and feels fresh and fun, but it's rooted in something that is authentic mm -hmm. to brand. So really thinking about like, what is uniquely ownable? Also, like, what is this going to look like next to my competitors? Is this something that's going to feel dated in a few years? Or just like, why do I like this? Why do I like this color? Is there something that you can like, you know, further deep in there? Like, why do I feel like that this is the way that this needs to be approached? And like writing those things down. Um, so I think that that's, that's really important. If you're a founder or somebody starting whatever, starting anything, I think it is really important to like gather as much as you possibly can in terms of visual references so that you can articulate if just by means of sharing a folder of random stuff to your team. Um, the more that any design team has to bounce off of, even if it's like you know, to Melina's point, a photo of like a really beautiful space that has nothing to do with the coffee brand you're starting or something like that. It's still so important. There's still things that, yeah, there's things you can glean from that around like materials and color and light and like all these things that can be really intentional. So I definitely think like be ready to allow your design team to get in your head. And the first thing you can do is just like drag as many references as possible or print them out or, you know, have a folder. Yeah, whatever. And I like I said about even just when we're doing uh, design research on like inspiration websites um, and how important it is to just dig even outside of what your category is or like, I feel like that's something where founders get a little stumped when we ask them to provide us inspiration mm -hmm. is like, they don't want to, to really see um, like the other competitors, but I like, I really want them to know, like, no, like don't look at packaging for skincare, look at like anything that can be inspirational to you, a painting, yeah. um, uh, a, like a juice bottle from the juice you bought yesterday. Like it doesn't have to be your category, but we just want to get into your head and see like what, what makes you tick, what makes you excited to buy something. And I feel like that's, that's what we can like really come out um, together feeling super yeah. aligned. And this is like a, I mean, this is like a whole nother conversation, but the idea that like both taste and like, and just design is a very subjective mm -hmm. space. Like if you're a designer and you're listening to this, you know firsthand how challenging it can be uh, when you work on something and you really like it and subjectively you think it's great. And then you share it with whoever's you're doing it for and they subjectively think it's <laughs> not great. It's, it's a very hazy territory, which is why having a foundation and having like key, like reasoning for why you did something can really change the perception and on the vice versa, the ability to be like, well, you like this. So this is why I made these decisions and then rooting it back in like their own personal taste it essentially is so valuable and I think that that's also like to flip it it's also about like if, if, if you are the designer you need to ask a ton of questions beyond just the aesthetic like it's important to to like Melina's point unpack the founder story or unpack the brand story understand its history learn where this person grew up do they have pets like <laughs> that could be something like there's so many random things that you could learn about someone that might shoot like have an impact on the way in which you design a mark. And, and we've all been there before, especially if you're in like this industry where like when you show something to, you know, a client or a founder or whatever, and you like unlock something for them that they feel so seen, that's like the magical moment of Boy, creative or the, especially sure. with design. And those things only come from knowing 
the story, knowing how to show them something that's going to yeah. feel special. And so it's really about getting to know each other yeah. um, and asking. Yeah. Time. One of our clients once told us that they walked away from a presentation feeling like they learned more about their brand than they even knew themselves. And I feel like that was one of the greatest things I heard last year um, because it's, it's just so infor- important for your client to feel like they're being seen and heard. Um, and I, as just as much as we want like us ourselves as designers to feel seen and heard and our, our thoughts and our, um, and our point of view as designers to be heard by this brand and these founders, I, I feel like it's just as important for them to feel that as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we actually do have um, an episode on our podcast. I think it was from last season, or it may have been the season before. Um, It's one of our riff episodes. Uh, It's just me kind of chatting for a couple of minutes about some of my suggestions for successfully kicking off any creative team project. Um, So if you are a brand or a founder or someone who's looking to uh, work with like a freelancer or a studio or an agency or whatever, I definitely recommend just giving it a little listen. I had a wonder, like an amazing kind of surprise and delight moment one time when we were kicking off a wine um, uh, branding and packaging project and they came to the meeting and they said, we listened to your podcast (laughs) and we came fully prepared. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot I even recorded that that podcast. Um, But it was, it was a good reminder and it, it, you know, in all honesty, it might be a little outdated, but still (laughs) shameless, shameless plug, make sure to give that a listen. Um, Awesome. So I feel like there's some like really good nuggets in here. I think that, you know, everyone will kind of find their groove in the way in which you unpack information. Cause at the very core, that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about, right? It's like, where do you find good references? Where do you ground your decisions? How do you ask the right questions and how do you prepare individually to really properly onboard a team in a way that they can execute your vision. So as we kind of tie a bow on this episode, I do want to hear from you, Melina, where you kind of find inspiration that people might not expect. Um, I feel like uh, it's definitely funny when I think about how much we've used the word like uncomfy um, the past couple (laughs) of years, but like, I feel like there's really a moment of finding inspiration and getting uncomfortable and really challenging yourself to do something different. Um, For example, last weekend, um, I like realized I've been so bound to my computer over quarantine and I just really wanted to do something analog and just like pick up a paintbrush and just let myself do something not perfect. I feel like when you're stuck to your computer, you're so used to having your grids and your everything to make something vector perfect, um, but really challenging yourself to just do something to like create your own textures for a project or patterns and just really pick up a paintbrush and go for it has been super inspiring for me the last couple of days. Yeah, I love that. I think similarly, um, well, it might not be like, a paintbrush per se. I, I weirdly find that most of my ideas come to me when I'm either hiking or driving. I don't know why. Like, I mean, hiking, I think is just part of like kind of being in nature versus like 
just uh-huh. going for a walk kind of a thing. But those two places, I, th- I think I pinpoint it to like maybe the times when I'm not distracted on my phone or like I'm listening to a podcast or music, but often in those two instances, I'm, I'm alone and I'm not alone a bunch. So it it is something that I can kind of like kind of uh, pinpoint to just giving myself time and space. But I also, for some reason, my my brain just like, it, it operates differently and I like land on things really mm-hmm. quickly in either of those two circumstances. So that's like, that's like, for sure. I feel like that happens idea. to me also, like when I'm drifting off into a nap or, in, or like sleeping, <laughs> but the biggest struggle for me is like, okay, I need to remember this when I wake up or like, I immediately need to write it down. But it is funny how those moments where you're like really disconnecting from everything is, is where you may find you're like your greatest inspiration. Yeah. Best thing. Yeah. So like a, a good kind of like branch off that is what's kind of, what's a creative ritual that you put into practice that kind of gets you in the right mindset when you're about to dig in. To yeah. Work? I'm for sure a vibey type of person when it comes to like starting a project or just really wanting to make myself feel productive Um, so like whether that's lighting a candle or putting some nice, like chill hop or instrumental music on, um, I feel like definitely having some more vibey sounds to get my brain (laughs) brewing, um, is super nice. And then I sort of do this, like what's called the Pomodoro technique where you work for like 30 minute increments. And then you let yourself take a break in between. Um, I found that during quarantine, that's been super helpful for me to not feel very, um, I don't know, like bogged down at my desk and just really let myself breathe um, in these little increments and just like say hi to my cat or like go up, go get up and get something to drink. I feel like definitely having a different creative ritual during this time has been super important to me to just um, feel like I'm getting that office dynamic, even if I'm alone in my, in my apartment. Yeah. You know, someone, someone who used to work for us that we both know, Alex Tan, he, um, he said once, and I think it was actually in, in his newsletter. See, I, <laughs> I really read newsletters, but he had mentioned once that he, never charges his laptop when he's working rather he just lets it go Mm. until it dies and then he uses that as a reason to like get up like plug it in go for a walk like get away from your computer do some go get a coffee whatever it might be Um, and I thought that that was a really interesting technique it's not necessarily Pomodoro because hopefully your computer lasts for more than three uh, (laughs) 30 minutes but I I thought it was an interesting approach um yeah, for me, I'm, I'm similar to you. Music is really key for me. I need to have music going. Um, I also find that, like, I have to be – this is really nuanced, but, like, I have to be on a big monitor. Like, for me to f- – I feel really constricted when I'm working on, like, just a laptop. Even though I can get really, like, inspired around other things, more, like, notes or writing documents or, like, starting to articulate thoughts. But when it comes to, like, really trying to get into the creative sure. work – I feel like I, I really need like a big landscape to get my head like in it. And maybe that's just sheerly like a real estate thing, like the size of my <laughs> head to the size of the screen. I have no idea. Um, but that's, I mean, that's definitely my thing. And I think I could learn a thing or two about taking breaks. I think the biggest thing that I've 
been putting into practice is putting blocks on my calendar um, to really like know that I'm going to dedicate the time. Like half of it's just mental that I'm like, I know that I'm going to dedicate the time here because I can get distracted. I'll look at a bookshelf and be like, oh, I should go restyle that bookshelf (laughs) or something stupid. So I have to be like, no, this is my time for this. In addition to obviously not getting distracted by having a forced Pomodoro effect where you have meetings every 30 minutes and then you're not really able to actually ever get your head into something. Totally. That's my thing. Um, Well, this was awesome. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Your brain. (laughs) Um, This is a wrap on our design foundations uh, sessions podcast. We're so thankful that you're listening as always. You can find Uh, sessions on all the places that you listen to your podcasts and we look forward to seeing you next time. I'll see you online. Bye.